I'm Paddy Delaney, and welcome to Integrated Infrastructure, a podcast dedicated to bringing you news and views from industry leaders involved in the development, design, construction, and management of the many built forms that make up Australia's integrated infrastructure. This was the first of our episodes and was recorded as the North Search series. So welcome to the North Search series. This is um, uh, a short firm podcast designed to offer something back to the construction, engineering, property and energy industries that we work with at North Search. Um, This is the first of the series called Leaders and Mentors. Um, Having been through three major economic events in my career, I know the impact it can have on people's opportunities um, for learning and developing and career choices. Um, and um, and this is the first episode, and we're going to talk about how to adapt, innovate, and evolve in the current economic environment um, in order to thrive and survive as an up-and-coming leader or technical expert. Um, and I'm delighted to have Joanne Manning joining me today. And Joanne is a principal at Arup um, and the resource and waste leader in Australia. Uh, Joanne wears many hats in and outside of work and is passionate about her team's ability to flourish and develop despite the current and future restrictions and economic ramifications of COVID-19. So uh, welcome, Joanne. Thank you for, 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 for coming on today. Thank you. Good to be here, Bobby. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, so we've had a really good sort of um, um, pre-chat around sort of what we're going to talk about today. And I think one of the first things that I really wanted to get into was um, um, a time in your career where um, you found um, that the um, either economic situation or career situation hasn't been ideal for you. And um, you've had to um, look for a way to get that learning and development and change in your career that, um, um, that was going to help you sort of move, move forward. Yeah, I mean, a bit like yourself, I've been through uh, a number of economic downturns, and I think the most uh, relevant one or the biggest one I was ever through was uh, the one experienced in Ireland back in 2009, uh, probably the largest GFC that there was. Um, So, interestingly, I was actually living in uh, Edinburgh. Prior to that, my husband was playing uh, sports in Edinburgh and I was actually, I was on maternity leave with my with my second child and we made a decision to go back to Ireland and return to Ireland in a middle uh, of economic uh, recession that really impacted um, mine and I think your generation it was it was really it was sort of that generation of the the sort of those of us in our 30s and 40s who really got heavily impacted by that with negative equity on properties um, be it with uh, job losses the whole sort of the way the recession had hit in Ireland and uh, so I returned into the Arab office into into Dublin um, I was actually on leave of absence and it was quite interesting because I returned when so many people were being retrenched. So it was a very odd situation to people going, why are you back and why are we employing you? But actually, I was, I was only back and they kind of had to take me back. And, um, and I think the point really is, is that in, the biggest thing you really need to do is be really sort of forward looking and adaptable um, in this situation. as the same now and try and look beyond media horizon that faces you. So for me, it was trying to see, well, OK, we're obviously in the middle of a recession, things are you know, things are really difficult, really tight, but what's just over the, what is over the horizon and what is influencing sort of what the future is going to be. So for me, it was around um, strategic environmental assessment and also waste management. Uh, so we sort of went back into that and actually kind of started being quite successful 
here with regard to that. And, uh, but, but it was difficult because my husband had no work. We had two very small children and it was really challenging. And Ireland, you know, was increasing taxes. Obviously fewer, uh, the, the unemployment rate went to nearly 20% in Ireland during that time. So you had fewer people essentially earning and paying the, the taxes to pay for the country. So taxes went up, salaries went down. Uh, so we all across the board salary cuts. So just making making it meet what's yeah. becoming more and more challenging on a daily basis. So um actually got um uh well we started a conversation at home around what we could do, you know, could we go you know, could we go somewhere? What was the opportunity really? And uh, and then actually Ara um, asked me to consider if I moved to Australia. There was a, a large program of work they had they had one in Queensland, actually uh, after the Queensland flood. And again, looking to the future um, is, you know, they say never waste a good crisis, but never waste an opportunity in your own career as well. And I said, yes, I'll go, but I'll go only if I get an opportunity to do something else. I wanted the opportunity to sort of really stretch my own personal development. I had been doing a, I had essentially been working with the, within the environmental team, which was fantastic, but I really wanted to stretch out into greater uh, management so I actually shifted into the um, the program project management team here in Arabic in uh, Queensland. How did you um, how did you find those opportunities um, to, to 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 get to Australia and where did you sort of look for I shouldn't be asking two questions at once but where, where did you look for um, that advice and those mentors that were going to going to help you make those right decisions? So um so the opportunity came to me, and um, we have been talking about it at home ourselves. Australia was actually booming. It was uh, at the end of the the end of the zeros, and you know, mine. There was a mining boom. You know, where the rest of the world was in a recession. I think Australia was doing very well. And um, the Irish offices and the Australian offices, particularly Brisbane and Dublin, always had a very close connection because in the early two thousands, when Australia hit a recession. Ireland was obviously in the middle of the Celtic Tiger. A lot of the Brisbane staff came to Dublin and worked on a lot of the big road projects in Ireland. So when um, the Brisbane office, you know, they were doing Airport Link at the time and there was the big projects here. And they, when they needed extra staff, they actually came, they went to um, the Dublin office. There's still a number of us in senior roles in, in, in the Brisbane office to this day who all sort of um, held from Ireland or held from Dublin. So that was one thing. So the opportunity, to be honest, came to me, where I took the opportunity, where I took advantage of that opportunity was to say, okay, you've come to me with a opportunity. Now I want to mould the opportunity. So first of all, I said, I want it to be for a certain length of time. I said, well, can I, what can I do to progress my career in terms of working in a different area or in a different, with a different um a sector, for instance, and also then considering about what was going to be you know, the future, future potential even promotion opportunities. Ireland was doing no promotions at the time. So conversations around, well, what's the progression path going to be? So sometimes it's not the, it's not, you know, don't you, sometimes it's not about, you know, sometimes the opportunity might present it to you, but then you need to really think about how do you enable that opportunity to have the most value for you. And um I don't know, where do I get that? I've never been um, one to have a single mentor for lots of different things. I know some people like to have mentors for everything that they do. But I've always had, always worked with really good people. Um, my boss in, uh, in, in Ireland for a long time is an incredible woman, and she's always sort of given me great advice. I've worked with some other really fantastic people over the years who you know, have always just sort of said, take, 
take the opportunities that present to you. Don't try and be somebody that you're not, something that's always been told to me as well, and be authentic. So be true to yourself. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But at least then you can go to bed at night and you know, be true, be happy that you were true to yourself. Yeah, no, fantastic. And and um, um, the, the, the economic crisis then was very much an economic crisis where this has become a health, this is a health crisis that's driven economic problems. And along with that has come some really um, unique sort of restrictions in the way that we work and the way that people are able to interact and, um, and, and, and getting those learning and training and development sort of opportunities. And um, what are the biggest challenges you're seeing for people in, in, in this um, you know, crisis? Uh, look, it's interesting, I think, it is a pandemic, so it is a health crisis, but it is very much, it's um, people's ability to cope with it and you know, sort of the, the ability to manage it is economic related. So I think, you know, I mean, look at me, I'm, you know, I've got a very nice home, you know, I've got plenty of space. When the kids were home, you know, we all could go into different rooms, we have good speed, high, you know, Wi-Fi, et cetera. And I see it even within you know, the people who I work with in Arab, you know, particularly Sydney and Melbourne, you, the, the graduates and the young engineers, two, three of them in, you know, a little 25 square meter apartment or 50 square meter apartment. And one's at the kitchen table, if they're lucky, if they have a kitchen table, one's on the bed and one is sitting at the coffee table. And yeah. they were, in, it was, uh, and I think yeah, that's just an example of the work. I think you're seeing it with kids. Um, again, my kids were lucky. We, you know, we had Wi-Fi, we had laptops, we had computers, but so many children didn't even have the opportunity to get online, let alone sort of cope with the online learning, which was, again, definitely a socioeconomic, you know, sort of uh, um, aspect to COVID. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, um, are your sort of team um, looking to you for, for sort of learning and development opportunities? Are you able to work with them, um, and you know, despite not being able to sit next to them and give them that sort of, you know, one-to-one -one feedback that would naturally come in the course of a day? Yeah, it's been really challenging. And I like even, like not even my team, I found it myself. I mean, uh, one of the things I, I've really sort of um, recognized through all of this is that we've all been very purposeful in our communication. So, if, you know, if you organize a VC or you organize a call, you know, you can, you can have a conversation. But the, the incidental and accidental conversations are pretty much gone. And, yeah. uh, and that's what a huge amount of learning is. And even if you you know, we, we talk about our learning pathways. We say 70% 70, 70 of it's on the job, 20% of it is specific to the job. You know, you might ask them to do a specific task, and then 10% of it's on learning. So the problem we have at the moment is, is that the 70% is essentially gone. Yeah. That's the that's the you know, listening in on some conversation. How do they act in a meeting? How do they talk to the client? How do they, you know. Interestingly, one of my teams said to me recently, she said, she asked me about something that happened last year. She says, I heard you and her. And I said, oh, why are you asking me about that? She said, oh, I remember listening to you on the phone and you were quite stressed. I often wondered what happened there. Now, she has no understanding, no ability to know what I am talking about at the moment unless she is directly on a, on a VC or on a you know, or, or having an arranged conversation with me at the moment. So I really, I do worry about the younger staff members and the up and coming, how they are going to get that incidental and accidental learning. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's um, something that's really um, 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 I've, I've really seen that, that there's a, a sort of a, a contingent of people that are really enjoying the working from home because they've got the right circumstances or the right setup or the right childcare. Um, but um, having having seen the impact of of different recessions, it's definitely a concern for me that uh, that, that, that there might be a, a sort of quiet quiet majority that really aren't getting the best out of it um, and um, yeah. uh, able to get what they need. And I think as a leader, which you know, you know, in a leadership role that I'm in, actually I can work better here in front mm. of the VC and not having to do you know sort of a lot of the things I normally would do in the office. However. One of my responsibilities as being a leader is to share my knowledge and my experience. Um, it was a, a thing with Arab when you become a principal, one of the things you have to agree to is leave Arab better than you found it. Yeah. And that's all about passing on learning. And I, you know, me sitting here, it becomes quite difficult. Or I have to be very, very deliberate in how I pass on my learning. Kind of around the office, you know, you can drop in on people and you have the conversation, even just the incidental conversation in the, in, in the kitchen or look over someone's shoulder and go, oh, what are you working on? You know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's those sort of things yeah. um, that become quite hard in this situation. But, you know, on a personal basis, if I wanted to be selfish, I'm much more productive than Yeah. A lot of people are, yeah, and and, yeah. and um, I suppose what, what what advice would you give to somebody who is, um, um, sit, you know, sitting there not not able to get the feedback that they're looking for, working in in, in more of an isolated environment than they would have done previously? Um, what what advice would you offer to somebody um, who maybe needed to seek that help out um, and, and 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 look for some um, some advice or some mentorship or um, help? Uh, I think you're gonna you're you're gonna have to make the effort. I think, unfortunately, in the current situation, I think we're we're all being sort of being given a lot of advice on what to do. But I think the reality is quite different. So I think if you're even though you know leaders are being told all the time to check in with their teams and ask people are they okay and do formal this and that, the reality can often be quite different. So again, on a personal basis, I wasn't getting anything from my boss. So yeah. I ended up putting a, an appointment in his diary or with his PA and, and he, we got on the call and he said, what's wrong? And he said, oh, I was just wondering when you were going to check in on me. And he laughed. And he says, I said, yeah, but I said, you know, it's, we all need it. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to turn around if you're if the person you're working with or, you know, your, your line manager or your, your, your leader, you don't feel you're getting the support, call them out on it. And go and seek it. And nine, I think 95, 99% of them will be absolutely fine. Yeah, no, fantastic. I think I've I, I realised um, from from you know speaking to so many people through this COVID situation that, that there are actually lots of um, lots of different avenues you can find advice and um, uh, and and, and um, um, learnings from people um, if you just take that conversation to the next step. You know, what do you think about this, and how would you react in this situation? And I've been struggling with this. Can you, you know, what 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 would what how, how would your experience relate to that? And um, um, and people then open up, and you get to know them better, and you get to have some really good relationships as well, which is which is which is fantastic. Uh, and I think the other good the other good opportunity this is is that it allows, particularly for you know emerging leaders and up and coming people, it actually allows you to work with a whole different cohort of people you might normally work for. So again, it's an experience to you know, experience different people, different styles, different cultures. Which, you know, and, and even, you know, working, depending on your organization that you're working with, if you work in a global company, a lot of the, 
you know, sort of the physical barriers have actually been removed, which is a which is a which is a good thing from from what yeah. we're currently hearing. So take advantage of those and seek out opportunities to work with people outside your normal circle if you can. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, last question, because this is a short form podcast. Um, what are you excited about at the moment? What's what, what's um, uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, so it's really, um, I actually am really excited about the opportunities to reset the economy in a different way. So mm. I'm very passionate about the circular economy and yeah. keeping sort of actually moving what we do from, from linear to circular. Um, I believe that, you know, we actually have a huge opportunity now to meaningfully sort of contribute and meaningfully deliver on the UN Sustainable Development Goals. We need to. We have seen again with COVID those who, you know, are least able and are sort of most most vulnerable, most jeopardized have again been impacted most. And we have to try and do something to try and make our society more equitable. And and even economically we're interesting. We've seen many examples even here in Australia that those who had local supply chains who were already had adopted circular principles have actually fared far better. So it makes for more resilient business, it makes for a more profitable business, and it actually makes for more equitable society. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I just hope we don't reset back to the way we were. We have to reset to something new. Yeah, something. I mean, something's got to change. It's and 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 well, lots of things have to change. Um, uh, yeah. I think we're. I think we're already seeing some of those changes come through when you see the liberal the liberals um, move their energy. Sort of um, uh, certainly the conversation that they're having around energy for a start. And I know that um, yeah. um, obviously you're very much in in, in the waste to energy space, and we've been involved in yeah. it as well. Um, which um, it certainly looks like it's growing, and um, and there's going to be lots of more opportunities yeah. in that area. Mm-hmm. With the, with the export bans for, for waste and with the actual, you know, the federal government saying they're actually going to, they're, they're reviewing their procurement guidelines. And certainly ScoMo has, uh, has made, has taken waste under his wing. He's decided that, I think he's, I think he thinks energy is too hard. So he's, uh, he reckons waste is the next best thing. But no, genuinely, it's not just waste though. It's actually thinking about a greater than waste and looking at the, looking at it from the sustainable development and a, and a, and a, you know, and actually a circular economy point of view. And there's a lot of energy, a lot of momentum, and a lot of. Um, I think we are at a point now that we actually can have sort of we can accelerate, we can accelerate progress in this space. And it, we take will take it from being boutique exemplar, you know, projects through to actual you know sort of projects at scale and uh, and starting to see the economic benefits from. So no, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. Excellent. It's good to be excited. Fantastic. Well, look, Joanne, thank you ever so much. Really appreciate it. No my, first, uh, my first in the North Search series and um, hopefully um, um, people will appreciate the, um, the, the fantastic advice and experience and life learnings that you've been able to offer today. So thank you very much. Great. Great to talk to you, buddy. Integrated infrastructure is powered by North Search, specialists in executive and technical search across engineering, design, construction, property and energy markets in Australia. If you'd like to find out more about North Search or get involved with this podcast, you can click on the links in the show notes or email me directly at the address on the screen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Integrated Infrastructure. Please tell your friends and colleagues if you did, and we hope to see you again soon.